treat, 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 treat. I'm not drinking tequila today. Right. That's love you, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts. I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Welcome to Eat Sleep Fantasy. I'm with Steve Smackahoe Silly. How you doing, Steve? Well, what's going on, Armando, man? Glad to have you back on the show. I know. It's been like a month. How do you pronounce your name? Spaccarelli? Spaccarotelli. Actually, I probably should have let I probably should have let John do that because I know he's been practicing like weekly. Spaccarotelli. Right on. Spaccarotelli. Oh, what's up, John? How you been? Man. Oh, he's also joining us, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate the uh, acknowledgement. Thank you. Uh, just glad to be here, man. This is fun. Uh, anytime we get to talk football and talk trash, and hopefully we get a trade done on air today, uh, That that's kind of oh, cool. So I'm glad to be here. Johnny's starting already. <laughs> um, so we actually have some news, finally. Like It's been pretty dry for a couple of weeks, but uh, Mark Ingram has been suspended for four games for drug use. Poor kid. Uh, what's the value like? Are we uh, dropping Mr. Ingram below our top 15 and Kamara a little higher or what's going on there? I I know I'm going to drop him. I, I think it breaks ties. I was going to say, I know I'm going to drop him a little bit. This might be the, this might sound crazy, but this might be the beginning of the downward trend for Ingram. And I think what we're going to see over the first four weeks is they have a lot of other young running backs there. So they have a lot of guys that they could filter in and put alongside of Kamara. Not really sure how much more this is going to do for Kamara's value. Uh, you know, I was already expecting like 15 touches a game from him. He'll probably get a little bit more than that, but he'll stay around 15 and then see those other guys get mixed in. John? Yeah, and, and I'll say this. Like in every dynasty league I was in, I sent a trade for Mark Ingram like as soon as the news dropped. Like if you don't want him, I'll take him. I have him ranked as my number 16 RB. Um, I don't mind dropping him down a spot or two, and it's just kind of in that tier. So the thing is, the way that when this news comes out, you don't overreact, but if you have guys lumped in a similar area, then you can move them within that. But I'm not dropping them a whole tier. Um, I have no problem. I had them at 16, and I'm moving them down to 18. So not nothing too drastic. Yeah, I'm on, on the same page. The only thing that alarms me with this one is just the fact that he's at, he's at the age that he's at for a running back, and he's taking a lot of beatings, and he's busted for PEDs. You know what I mean? To me, that's just kind of a big red flag at this stage in, in his career. Yeah, and it's his last year uh, as far as being at New Orleans. They're not going to resign him. I really don't think that they're going to. They're going to let him walk. So as far as next year goes, when we talk dynasty, it's a huge question mark. What's going to happen with him next year? He, he's going to be a year older. Um, getting very, very close to that 30 mark. So you're already kind of pumping the brakes. But he was a top 10 running back last year, and there's no reason why he couldn't do that again this year on a per-game basis. Missing four games is going to hurt that for sure. But if you can get him on the cheap, uh, go ahead and try. Yeah, I don't see the value for Kamara actually increasing at all. I think he needs another body back there. But yeah, I have Ingram all the way down at 20, and I might drop him a little further. I do think he will be a steal at that position, going in that range. But... I just can't put him any higher than that. Missing four games is a lot. Plus the bye week is a week after he returns. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't return until week seven. And that's pretty, that's yeah. half the season almost. Yeah, no, that's very valid. Man, he's going to be fresh though, pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. I, I think if, if he is going to be a steal out draft if you're making the playoffs. Like he will be a good bench player to hold on to. I mean, the real winner I think is Trey Edmonds. I think that's the rookie they got last year. I mean, Alvin Kamara is not a 15 carry guy. He is a 15 carry guy. He's no more than that. They're going to have a guy, Trey Edmonds, to take the rest of the load. If not him, they'll have, they drafted a rookie as well. So we'll see what happens. Nothing else? Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. Uh, I, I like Jonathan Williams there a little bit more um, as far as like who the Ingram handcuff is going to be just because we don't know. Uh, if he shows out, then who knows? Maybe he, he just steps into that role long-term after this year, but... Yeah, there's a couple guys that you could grab there. As you mentioned, Edmonds, uh, I think Williams is a guy you could grab just to see what happens. I love those kind of 
home run free swings. They're sitting on the waiver wire. Give them a shot. Exactly. Yeah. It, In a dynasty league, I think they need to be owned for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you can pretty much, you could take a stab at any of those guys because there's Plasco back there, you know, Scott, the other rookie. So it, it, it's really hard to say who's going to end up uh, surfacing as that guy that they're going to put alongside of Kamara for those, for those first four weeks. And then really depending on what goes on, you know, that guy could stay in that mix and even when Ingram comes back. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. And CJ Anderson has signed with the Panthers. What you got, Steve? So, you know, it's intriguing in a way. CJ Anderson has the capability to fit that scheme. Um, he's, he's a decent receiving back and he can also take it between the tackles, which is a kind of guy that they're looking for. He, he kind of fits that Jonathan Stewart mold. I'm not going to expect a ton out of him. I'm not, you know, I don't see him any more than like, you know, an RB three or a flex play at best. Um, but I think he, he fits a significant role there and I don't really see much of a value change for McCaffrey uh, other than what I was expecting for him coming into this year. Uh, I expect to see him run a little bit more and be more involved uh, in the short game. Like we saw in the second half of the season last year. Yeah. I kind of disagree with you here. I feel like CJ Anderson is better than Jonathan Stewart. And if he, someone's going to inherit that, those carries and it's not going to be McCaffrey. CJ Anderson's going to get, the 240 carries McCaffrey is going to be a RB two. And I do believe CJ Anderson will be closer to a RB two than, you know, an RB three that Stewart was last year. So that's kind of where I stand. I don't think there's any value in Whitaker or Curtis Harris Payne at all. Right now. I was drafting them in dynasty late, but right now I think their values out the window. Oh, he killed artist Payne's value for sure. For sure. I don't know. I just, I, I, I know he's going to get the, the carries. I just, it's hard to say what he's going to do with those carries based on what we saw the last couple of years. Yeah, man, I, I'll say this. It, I don't think that this hurts McCaffrey too much, especially if you see what he did last year. Uh, McCaffrey only had 117 carries last year, 400 yards rushing, and was still able to put up uh, RB1 numbers just because of his, uh, all the involvement in the passing game. Jonathan Stewart, good gosh, 3.4 yards carry was terrible. But again, close to 200 carries. Uh, This is going to be a Cam Newton show in the red zone, and you're looking for McCaffrey to get all the touches in the passing game and all that kind of stuff. And anything that he gets rushing-wise is just extra. Um, Not the biggest C.J. Anderson fan. Uh, If he stays healthy, great. If not, it's what it is. I – I can't stand this team, uh, the Panthers. (laughs) Why? They're fucking great. I I hate them. I hate what they're doing. I really do. What do you mean? Outside of McCaffrey, I don't want anybody. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't want them. We have very different. Tell me why. Like, I think they've done a great job. Just tell me why. But you have five running backs on the field at one time, and they're all identical to each other. You draft Curtis Samuels in the second round last year. I'm fine with Christian McCaffrey. They're using him correctly. But then you go draft DJ Moore, who's the same damn guy. Um, I don't know. Fantasy-wise, I just don't like it. Um, Greg Olson, yeah, he's a stud. That's great. They drafted a tight end this year uh, to replace him, and I get that because he's probably going to be going to the booth. But outside of Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton, I don't want to touch anybody. And even Cam Newton's kind of a – you're just hoping for rushing touchdown and rushing yards. Um, he's not a passing, he's not a great passing quarterback. So from a football standpoint, fantasy standpoint, I am not a fan. I like Funches as a low end wide receiver too, just because of the fact that he saw a ton of targets last year. And I know a lot of that had to do with Olsen being injured most of the year, but you know, when it comes to the red zone, it's going to be between him Olsen and then really shovel passes or whatever, uh, Christian McCaffrey. So Funches does have some upside. Nothing crazy, but he has some upside. I mean, he has a full season, full preseason leading up to this as the wide receiver one. Last year, he turned it up to be like a mid-range wide receiver two. I think this year, he's going to take the next step, be the main focal point in a team I think is going to morph more towards a passing. Sure, dink and dunk with Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson, but Funch is going to be the wide receiver one. And when they do throw in the end zone, it's going to be to Funches. So I kind of super high on Funches. I know a lot of people are. Man, I'm... So do you think he'll get more targets? Oh, I hope so, too, because he's on my <laughs> dynasty team. <laughs> Will he get more targets than he did last year? 111 targets, even though all those injuries took place? 
He scored eight touchdowns last year, which was uh, insane for him. Is he going to get more than that now that Olsen's back, now that Curtis Samuel's back, now you got DJ Moore? Like, I just see... I don't know, I, man. If, I, from what you can, from what I can tell, what's going on over there? They're trying to stop Cam Newton from running as much as he has been in the past. They want to preserve their quarterback. If they keep doing what they've been doing, he's going to last two or three years, and he's just going to be done. They need to preserve him. They need to pass more. If they don't do that, he's done. And that's what they've been trying to do with all the drafting they've yeah. done. So I do believe that Funches is going to take the next step. Maybe CJ Moore is going to hurt him a little bit, but I, I doubt it. I think that Funches is their wide receiver one, and it's better than Kelvin Benjamin. For sure. Yeah, that's very true. So. But I think I'm better than Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's richer, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Very true. All right. Um, we just finished doing a draft. I'm kind of new to the whole dynasty aspect of this. We drafted super early and I don't know what to do with my time. Like I've like I just want to fucking trade with everybody. Trade, 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 trade. So what what should we be doing right now? Like with our rosters, just sit and watch or what? So what I'll say is this, everything that you do from here on out, so you finished your rookie draft or your startup draft, and now you're just waiting for the season. This is the time to improve your starting lineup. And what you want to do is you don't just do trades because, oh, well, I like this player or I don't like this guy or whatever. You do trades with a purpose. And so what you have to do is you got to say, okay, I hate my flex spot. I hate my number three wide receiver, so on and so forth. And I am using all of my depth to build my starting lineup better. So I am trying to package and kind of churn the bottom of my roster into better starters because I believe in my, the way that I work the waiver wire. And I'm going to keep adding guys throughout the season because I'm crazy active. And I'm just going to keep improving my starters. That's kind of where I am at now. So I'm looking and trying to exploit or whatever. So if I'm looking for somebody, I'm trying to get a better wide receiver three. I'm trying to see who is weak at running back or vice versa and try to pair that makes sense for both teams. That's kind of where I am at now. All right. So I'm going to give you guys some real life stuff. Steve, can you, um, I'm going to read you my roster and you kind of tell me what you think I should focus on. So just so you guys know, this is uh three running backs, three wide receivers, and then three flex and then a quarterback and tight end, obviously. So I have Cam Newton, LaShawn McCoy, Kenyon Drake, Kerryon Johnson, Brown, Green, Evans, Crowder, Marquise Lee, and Hogan. Jimmy Graham is my tight end. Um, what are you looking at? What I know, I, I feel like my personal hole is running back. It's fucking really weak. I don't know if I have a starter, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely need some help there because I think uh, you might get one more year out of McCoy. Kerryon Johnson fell to probably the best possible scenario, so I think you'll get some uh, instant return out of him. Kenny Drake, it's hard to say with uh, Kalen Balaj uh, being drafted there in Miami, but I think he does have some upside as well. Um, your quarterbacks, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, you never know what you're going to get out of Cam Newton. We saw the big downward trend out of Carr. I mean, you you have you have guys with a lot of upside, and you have depth, you know, at the running back position to where if injuries pile up on a team, you could really work in something there. But the fact that you uh, drafted Balage can be a bonus for you. The fact that you drafted Hines, uh, the rookie running back in uh, Indy, I really like him, honestly, to take some work early on from uh, Marlon Mack and possibly even take that role. So I don't think you're as bad as you feel at that position going forward. Uh, I think you're going to really hate it probably the first half of the season because <laughs> that's exactly you know, what I was you, thinking. You, <laughs> Well, I, I just I always look at, you know, the first four to six weeks of the season, you know, a lot of stuff is scripted. Teams are working out their rosters, what guys can do what, so on and so forth. So it's really hard to tell what players and what teams are really looking for until you get through those first four to six weeks. So a lot of this could actually uh, pan out for you and you end up being better off uh, than what you're thinking. I mean, you have AB, you have AJ Green. You know, who knows what we're going to see out of Mike Evans. Marquise Lee, to me, is the guy to own if you're going to own a wide receiver that pool of receivers over there and a non-passing offense in Jacksonville. So, I don't know. We'll see. It, it could actually pan out for you. All right. So, now we're going to look at John's roster. So, we kind of know my quarterbacks are questionable, my running backs are questionable, but I got depth. Now, John has Brady, Fournette, McCaffrey, Theo Riddick, Jay Ajayi, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, 
Julio Jones, Corey Davis, Alshon Jeffrey, Enrico Gaddis. Yeah, that's my tight end. That's your tight end? I, I, uh, <laughs> I punt tight end big time. I do not care about quarterback or tight end. Um, in leagues where you only got to start one, it's just uh, it's it's the idea of scarcity. There's 32 teams in the NFL. This is a 10-man league with uh, nine starting spots. That means there, there's 32 tight ends and there's only 10 teams. So I, I have no problem waiting. If I don't get one of the top three studs, then I'm waiting for somebody like Rico Gathers. And he's a guy I love targeting because I'm going to find out really, really early in the preseason if he's going to be getting that role that Jason Witten left. And if he doesn't, I'm dropping him. So if he is there, perfect. If not, I've got four other tight ends that I am just waiting on that can fulfill that role. Uh, Bubba Watson's the type of guy. RSJ, which he got picked up in our league. Um, Thank you. There's rookie tight ends (laughs) out there. Whoever, like, I I don't care about tight end. I really, really don't. All right, John. Steve, can you give us a recap on his roster for real, though, for real? On John's roster? Yeah. It sucks. No, I'm kidding. Right? That's what I was <laughs> no. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he he has a legitimate uh he has a legitimate team for this format. I mean, if you really look at and it, I really draft format and if you if you look at what John has and even if you look at what I have, you're looking for people that regardless of what their skill position is, they're gonna be involved in the pass game. Now, look at his running backs, okay, Fournette. You know, he's he's not really known to be a receiving back, but he has the capability and can be utilized as that. Christian McCaffrey, Theo Riddick, Jay has that ability. Aaron Jones has that ability, not as much as Jamal Williams there in Green Bay, but he has that ability. Javorius Allen, Chris Thompson, all those running backs have capabilities to be receiving backs in PPR. And then if you're looking at his wide receivers, you know, Keenan Allen, target monster, Julio Jones, target monster, Corey Davis, has all the upside in the world to be a target monster. Michael Gallup, the rookie wide receiver in Dallas, has the potential to be a target monster. So all those guys there fit the format of the league. You know, and if you look at the guys that I have, you know, my running backs, Kamara, Cohen, Delvin Cook, Jamal Williams, all guys that are going to see volume in the passing game and will be effective in the run game. You know, my wide receivers, it's just nothing but upside. And really my wide receivers, in all honesty, um, I have four guys that I'm looking at just being wide receiver twos. And I'm okay with that. If one of them turns out to be a wide receiver one, bonus. But Landry, Juju, Funches, Cooper Cup, those are all guys that can fit in PPR format. And I am A-OK if I have four guys that are legitimate wide receiver two. You're not worried about Dalvin Cook? Because I'm super fucking worried about Dalvin Cook. I think he has the most bust potential of any top 10 running back right now. Well, uh, the only worry I have is how he's going to bounce back from that knee injury. But I think he'll be fine. And if he does have any issues, that's why I drafted Lat Murray. Oh, you did. And, and I'll say this. He's in an amazing position just because he has the best quarterback in the NFL that checks down to that's running true. backs. That's fair. Um, and, and Kirk Cousins. Like, I thought Dalvin Cook had the most to win from that signing just because you say whatever you want about Kirk cousins, but he is smart and he, he gets through his progressions as fast as anybody in the NFL. And he is a first down machine. That's just kind of what he does well as a quarterback. And so whoever the running back is, it doesn't matter who um, they're going to benefit from a lot of catches there. And again, it goes back to that knee cooks had a lot of injuries in the past, but if he is healthy, you're talking, man, he's a top 10 lock. If healthy, Uh, you can say that with anybody, but He's got a lot of upside. He was leading the NFL in rushing after week four last year um, with Sam Bradford. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a huge swing for the fences play. Yeah, no, and, and I think I think it's going to pan out for me. I'm really not that worried about it. And then John, I know you're you're not a big fan of tight ends, but going back to guys that fit formats, you know, with Zach Ertz on my team. But there's two tight ends that I have that are athletic and that you know. They're going to see targets, in my opinion, and that's RSJ like we've already talked about. But a tight end a lot of people aren't really looking at, and that's Gerald Everett over there with the Rams. He's kind of, he's kind of like an RSJ. And they did announce that he's going to get, be getting a lot more involved in the offense, so I do like that pick a lot. Well, I mean, with Gerald Everett, that was the very first pick of the McVay era, like in the second round whenever they already had a young tight end over there. Like they went and targeted this guy, so – 
It's going to be there, and the value is going to be there. It's just, man, with that offense, it is everybody. They just spread it out to whoever. They don't care. Um, but, yeah, man, you got three tight ends. <laughs> I got one, and all three of yours are better than mine, and I am okay with that. We have, like, three of the most different rosters. He, You're loaded with, I don't know what, over there, John. This guy has three tight ends. I have way too many running backs. <laughs> Like these rosters are just completely different. Um, John, what do you? Well, with our format though, yeah. with our format having three flex plays like that, you know, with the receiving options that are available, because that's the other thing too in a format like this, you know, with whatever options are available, you know, the picks that landed. To be honest, I'm sitting there like, well, these two guys right here, and way later rounds, have more of an upside based on the teams that they're on and the schemes that they're in than any of the other wide receivers or running backs that were on the board at the time. So it's just picking to your format. Yeah. John, so I'm looking at your roster. You have a couple guys that I have a an eye for, and I wanted to grab in the draft, but you were able to sneak ahead of me. Um, I I love JJ <laughs> this year, and I want to take a flyer on Aaron Jones in the league. What uh, Is there anything you see on my roster that, can, that tickles your little pickle? Well, yes, very much so, sir. Um, so I'm very, I, I'm fine with getting rid of Aaron Jones. And the main reason why is this. I drafted him in the uh, number 78 overall. And I had the plan of getting Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. But uh, that did not work out well because a-hole Steve over here, Spacarotelli. I love when uh, you talk Jamal to Williams. <laughs> and Hey, man, it's what I do, bro. And so I wanted both of those young guys because I'm not sure who's going to be the winner, and I love the running back in Aaron Rodgers' offense. And so I wanted both or none. And I like Aaron Jones, and I don't – just because I want that backfield. Whoever comes out on top is going to be huge, and they both are probably going to share time, which we saw at the end of the year. Um, Aaron Jones has the big play potential, but uh, Jamal Williams a little bit more of the well-rounded back. So I am fine. Dilling Aaron Jones, uh, very young, lots of upside. But again, is he going to be the guy that's going to take that role? Um, so yeah, Aaron Jones, I'm fine trading, and I don't mind. Um, man, I'm looking at I'm looking over your roster. I kind of did what you wanted. I got Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. With you know, they're both going to be garbage this year. But next year, they're not going to have Doug Martin, I don't believe, and they're not going to have Marshawn Lynch. So I went ahead and grabbed both of them, and just to see, you know. Late round, 17, 18, just grabbed them both. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that, and see, that was really smart. So I like on Johnson. Um, you have both on Johnson and LeGarrette Blunt, which is interesting. Um, I like on Johnson. I, I like Kenyon Drake. I just think I like him way more than his coaching staff does. I don't understand what they're trying to do right? with him. He has proved time and time again that he can deliver and save them. But, hey, man, you got to do what you do. I like Naheem Hines quite a bit. Um, man, I'm trying to figure out something over here that's going to work with both of us. Um, man, I like Naheem Hines. I really, really do. Bruh, stay away from my, stay away from my Hines. <laughs> <laughs> I like your Hines, brother. Again, this whole talking dirty thing, man. I, I'm, I'm totally down with it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so who do you like more? Let me ask you just right off that. Carry on Johnson and Naheem Hines, uh, two younger guys. You're like how, how do you, how do you rank those? Guys? Um, I had Carry on Johnson probably top three rookie running backs that I wanted to draft, um, and I would just want to have a piece of the Indianapolis Colts running back because I don't know who's going to win. I know everyone has Marlon Mack picked as the winner, but there's a chance he can't carry the load the entire season. Nothing set in stone. He's a sophomore, so I love them both. Um, and I, I mean, giving them up straight for Aaron Jones, who's I think more of a question mark versus these two guys. That's uh, it's tough, man. You might have to throw in a 2019 pick. Oh, okay. So let's keep talking here. So Aaron Jones, and now I am loaded um, with 2019 picks. And this is something I always do in lots of drafts. Is if I have guys that are all in kind of a tier, then what I do is I trade back until the last guy of that tier is available and I get that guy. And so I usually trade back for future picks. So for example, um, I have three first round picks already for the 2019 draft, which is exciting. Um, now I probably wouldn't give up a first round pick for any of these guys, 
uh, just because I don't like them that much. But I do have a third that I am perfectly fine putting on the table. We're gonna have to talk off air about this one. I have to look at uh, the draft when I. <laughs> <laughs> he got scared. I he got scared. I did. I gotta. I gotta look at this. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm okay dealing one of the two. Um, right now I feel like Carryon Johnson's gonna be my starter. I can't imagine myself going into week one as having Aaron Jones and thinking he's gonna be my starter. I know that I'll Carryon Johnson or Legarrette Blunt be carrying load. We know Amir, Amir Abdullah is out the window. Theodore is a is a PPR guy. So it seems like you don't like starting those kind of third down bats. I don't. Is that that is correct? Yeah. As I look you know, almost you love those first and second down guys, which I'm fine taking. I don't mind having the third down backs like Chris Thompson and Theo Riddick, which I have both because those are my flex plays if things go wrong. And it's again, it's that kind of high floor low ceiling type guys that I know is safe. Like I'm not going to lose out on a game and be like, man, I don't know who to start. Cause if anything goes wrong, I'm throwing that third down running back, Theo Riddick that catches uh, 70 balls a year. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I went a different route. I said, I'm just going to punt on running backs until later in the draft. And I just stacked up on, you know, Mark wide receivers that I think I, that I know will get receptions who I know will be on the field and Crowder Lee and I grabbed Hogan, and I have Robbie Anderson as well. So I, with running backs, I don't plan on playing a running back at a flex. I just plan on focusing on just having some good wide receivers the entire season because I, I don't rely on running backs. They're, they're not going to be there all season. You're going to be going through running backs all season. They just get injured yep. and injured and injured. You know, one guy you yeah, have well that really intrigues me just because Alex Smith is in town now is Jamison Crowder. He's on the board, man. I, I had him top 12 last year, so just uh, throwing that out there. He's young. He's young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think you're going to see a bounce back here from him with Smith there. I really do. I think uh, what could, were you I, thinking? Uh, I'm looking at – I like Funches. I like Landry. Um, I, I'm okay with Cup. Those are the top guys. If we're looking at wide receivers, those are the three guys I would be interested in. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at a little bit more. But he intrigues right, me. Well, Crowder Funches. You guys getting all scared. I know. Nah, right? <laughs> nah, not scared. I don't know how you feel about. I don't know how you feel about Mike Williams, but uh, I like him. But I'm uh, not ready to buy into him. I have to see a good season from him before I. Well, I'm gonna lay it out there. Crowder Funches. Well, I don't know what else needs to be added to make that happen, but I think that could be. Does that sound okay to you, Steve? Like that sound like a good. Uh, that's that's a strong that's a strong one to one possibility right there. Good foundation. Crowder for Funches. Ooh, Possibly. this is getting fun. Yep. Possibly. I know. Well, what do we need here, John, to make this happen? What do you What are you thinking? Funches definitely has the higher ceiling. I know I was bagging on him earlier. Um, just because of the touchdown potential. So you're going Crowder. He's a guy that could get a lot more catches, a lot more targets. Uh, Funches had 111 targets last year, but um, I would say the Crowder side would need to add something small to kind of equal this out uh, personally. I like Peyton Barber as well. Uh, anything else later in my, uh, in my bench that like you like a little bit or uh. 2019 pick here? I'm looking again. I'm looking. No, These guys because, are scared. Because I, scared. You know, I'm not scared. I don't know. I'll Other accept guys it. that I really like are like Naheem Hines. I really like him. Scaredy, uh, scaredy, scared. Every time, see, this is so. This is what happens. So, one, you need to enjoy this process of negotiating back and forth and understand, even if you can't get a deal worked out today with whoever you're talking to, you don't want to burn bridges and get pissed off because you're going to be back trying to trade with these people. Um, so, know what you want when you're going into this. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Me, I want his two rookie running backs, and I'm willing to pay for it, but he got scared and ran away. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you are, all you gave me was Aaron Jones. I was like, ah, nah, I'm good. I'll do Aaron Jones and Theo Riddick. Um, that way you get your starter if you need to, and you don't know what to do. You got Theo Riddick can step in there, but you don't like third down backs. For Naheem Hines and uh, on Johnson, and I'm willing to throw in. A 2019 third as well uh, and for a 2019 fifth back. So you jump up two rounds next year, and uh, yeah, you get your, you're, getting two, you're getting two young guys 
and I'm getting two young guys. I'm willing to swing for John's the fences a, there. John's a salesman. Don't let him get you. Well, just so everyone knows. That, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not, I, I can't give up on the rookies this early. Um, I, John does own my first round pick. Just saying. Um, I, what else do you have for mine? You have a lot of mine, actually. I, tra- I traded way too much to you, John. That's not true. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to waivers. Um, how are we going to handle waivers? I know that with our league, we are going to be processing fab right now. Is that correct? John? No, I never got the votes. Um, so right now it is a first come first serve on, for our league. And so basically since we did our startup slash rookie draft all in one, um, everybody is available right now. So if I wanted to go pick somebody up and drop somebody right now, you can do that basically free of charge. And that's kind of fun. However, as soon as preseason starts, you want to enact kind of the waiver rules, whatever your league's voted on. I always recommend free agent acquisition budget, which is uh, short for fab. And so basically what that is, every team gets basically 100 bucks, and you get to blind bid for whoever it is you want. So let's just say hypothetically, um, Josh Ro- Sam Bradford gets hurt in the very first play of the first game, very likely. Josh Rosen becomes the new quarterback and throws five touchdowns, kind of like what Deshaun Watson did last year in week one. Everybody runs to go get um, him off the waiver wire. So you're going to enter in a bit of – you have $100 throughout the course of the year, season, however you want to use that. And you could bid $10 all the way up to 100 whenever you want. When you run out of money, you run out of money. It doesn't mean you can't get players. You just can't bid. So you can only win with $0 bids if nobody else picked up on them. And it's a it's a very fun way. It's a lot more fun. The problem is with whenever you do that, it doesn't benefit the worst team throughout the season. Um, so the rich get richer is kind of the idea because it's at an even playing field. Yeah. Um, so right now, I think I made the first free agent acquisition. I picked up Thomas Rawls. Ooh. I dropped Fozzie Whitaker um, just because C.D. Anderson signed. I thought, you know, let's take Fozzie maybe. But I said, fuck it. I went ahead and got Thomas Rawls. Um, so I guess that's what you mean by swinging for fences. I'm going for Thomas Rawls because that running back committee over there is just a fucking mess. Ugh. And I don't know who's going to come out on top. So I just took a, I just took a swipe at Thomas Rawls. He had six good games back in, what, 2015? Yeah. I don't know. A long time. <laughs> a long time ago. So, You're going back, man. Yeah. So that, I went for him. So I know you have Rico Gathers, Justin Jackson. Yeah, so basically the idea is this. So let's say I'm doing a two-for-one trade. Like I love trading away two to three guys for one to two guys. I want to get the quality instead of the quantity um, whenever I'm doing a trade. Almost always, unless my team sucks. And if you're doing a startup or you've finished last place a few times and you need to get depth, then that's cool. But you should be competing to win every year and not planning, well, I'm building for the future. Don't do that BS. You should win every year. And then on top of that, you're planning two years out, two to three years out. So I'm doing a two for one trade. That's ideal. And then I'm going to pick somebody up off the waivers and I'm going for this time of the season. I want huge home run plays. Uh, guys like Justin Jackson, just in case if something happens to Melvin Gordon, he's somebody that can step in right away and be a three down back. I'm looking for guys like Rico Gathers that I talked about earlier. These kind of huge home run plays, Dante Pettis, which he should have been picked up anyway. Um, but guys that can shine and you're going to know right off the bat in the preseason. OK, yeah, he got buried on the depth chart. Nope. Get him out. Get the next guy in. Um, so just constantly turning that waiver wire over and I am the king of $1 bids. I probably shouldn't say that on this podcast, but that's okay. (laughs) I save my money and I put in the most one and $2 bids of anybody because I want the guys that are are huge risk, high upside plays. I'm fine with that because I'm turning over next week if they don't hit. You know, some guy that's pretty interesting that's available is Cameron Brait in a 25 round league. He's a startable tight end. Like, I mean, in any format. (laughs) This is why I only have one tight end. Because if for some reason Rico Gathers doesn't uh, come out as the starter on passing downs for the Cowboys, I'll pick up Cameron Bray. I have no problem. Yeah, there's Benjamin Watson as well. Yeah, I think think you made a good move. I have Jimmy Graham on mine, but I I do have him on a separate tier. You know, there's there's Kelsey, Gronk, Olsen. And then there's Jimmy Graham for me. So I, 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 for me, I had to take him. And then I drafted Hayden Hurst because I do feel like he is the future of. Uh, so 
I don't know, though, man. I'll be honest with you on Hayden Hurst. He will not be the receiving option at tight end, I believe. Oh, okay. Tell me what's going on. I'm going go uh, so to go make So even <laughs> just in the uh, three rookie practices they've had already, um, one, the Ravens use tight ends very, very well, and they drafted Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma uh, two rounds later in the third round. And what happens is they're going to use probably predominantly Hayden Hurst is going to be the – Blocking guy and outlet, but the receiving option is going to be it's going to be Mark Andrews, man. I really do believe that he will have more catches and targets and yards and touchdowns than Hayden Hurst because Mark Andrews can't block for shit. He never has. He was pissed off at Oklahoma whenever uh, they wouldn't let him play wide receiver, and uh, the Ravens loved him for some reason and still got him with the third-round pick. I really do think that he runs better routes and catches better. So, anyway... Throw that out there. I think I got an offer on the table for Armando. I'm all ears. Uh oh, um, he's been thinking. Right. He's been I thinking, been ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited. Been working over here. <laughs> I knew something was going on over there. <laughs> all right, what's going on? Let's hear it, man. Throw it out there. So, and I all I'd have to do is hit send. But I would give you Devin Funches, Jamal Williams, Peyton Barber. Second round pick in 19. Whoa. He's going for a big. Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Jameson Crowder. Naheem Hines. And a fourth rounder for next year. Mm-mm. I can't do it. I'm sorry. That's too big for me. Oh, dang. He shot that down quick. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Well, Peyton Barber, I think, you know, they obviously drafted Jones. So Peyton Barber is for sure, in my eyes, you know, a good. Week one to four starter, Ronald Jones is going to be the, the guy. But they didn't, not going to just throw away a second round pick. Um, so I don't feel, feel like there's a value with Barber. And Crowder and Funches, like he said, I have Funches at 12. I have Crowder at 15. So it's kind of a wash. Kyrian Johnson. You have Funches at 12? Yep. He's a wide receiver one for you? Yep. I, I Like I said, I feel like this is his year. This is my, I'm playing my flag. I, I I announced Funches, Kenyon Drake, and Mahomes, my homie, as all top ten guys. <laughs> well, I I made that offer based on how you felt about all those guys' values. So then you shot that down pretty quick. So you must not you must not so feel he's offering you Funches, and you think he's a wide receiver. I have one, Funches. And you're turning it down higher than in Crowder, but not enough to lose. Kerryon Johnson and Hines, they're both. High, I'm very high gotcha. on them as far as rookies goes, and I'm willing to wait. Like this is dynasty. I'm going to wait the two years for those two guys to develop into the starters that I think they will be. So let me ask you this, and this is not do. Would you be willing to part with one of those? Yes, Hines or Kerryon. Correct. Um, I preferably, if I lose Kerryon, I'm probably going to cut Blount, and I probably want to send them both together. Um, that's the only reason why I got Blount was just to handcuff him because I don't know who is going to be the RB1 week one. I just need to have someone out there right away. Um, so, you know, that's where I'm at with that. And Hines is just a project for me. Right. And I want oh, Hines. Say it, Steve. You want Hines too? <laughs> John, carry on or Hines. I'm good with either one of them. We will we will negotiate further. <laughs> Off air. This isn't done. This is not <laughs> They're done. They're both punting. This is so fun for me. <laughs> Open trades on Eat Sleep Dynasty Night. I love it. Oh, there's blood in the streets, folks. All right, I'm hitting cancel for now, but all we right, are right. not done, Armando. <laughs> I see I see your trade offer there. I'll, at least I, have, I can look at it. All right, so let's go on to this. Uh, so John wants to do a rookie draft. Uh, we'll go back and forth between the three of us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so this is kind of like a ranking summit type right. of a thing. It's not necessarily like we're each building teams. Uh, like we're doing more than th- we're just doing our top twenty-four players in rookie uh, dynasty drafts only. Now, um, before we get at that, one thing that is very important to pay attention to is teams that traded up for certain players. And so I threw together just a super quick list. I'm going to read through it super fast. These are all players that play uh, fantasy-relevant positions that their teams traded up for. And the reason why this is important is because not only do they like this player, but they went and got him because they were scared somebody was going to take him away. So quarterback position, uh, lots of quarterbacks traded for. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph. We got those. Running back, only one running back was traded up for, and that's who we've been talking about all day, 
carry on Johnson. So uh, Detroit loves him, very similar to Armando. So <laughs> you guys have that in common. And then wide receiver, Dante Pettis, Anthony Miller, Antonio Callaway, and one tight end, Dallas Goddard. So any of those players, you want to put an asterisk next to them. And if there's a tie, give them the benefit of the doubt because their team actually went and attacked the board and gave up a lot to get them. So anyway. All right. So before we move on, I just want to ask one of you guys this question, whoever wants to answer it. How much, when you're trading, are we going to, like, from now until preseason week one, are you looking at where you drafted these guys versus what you're trading for? Does that make sense? I'll throw it out. Throw it out. Throw it out? I throw it all out. Okay. It, it is what makes my team better week one. Okay. That's all that matters. So, oh man, I drafted this guy after that guy. I don't want to do that. No, that's ridiculous. That throw that stuff out the window. Um, how can I make my team better now? Okay. No, I agree. But I will look at the draft board and think somebody else is looking at it. No, you, you definitely. And that's that's the that's the fine line with dynasty because as we've talked about a few times, you know, you definitely want to think ahead and what players are going to do for you over the course of a couple of years. But you definitely want to win now. So you're coming out of a startup, you know, you see targets that you had uh, in the draft that were taken off the board and you know, this is somebody that you've already negotiated with, uh, with picks and whatnot. And, you know, you kind of get a feel for what people are looking for and what they're willing to deal. And then you go after those targets. If you felt that strong about a guy and you have the assets to get them, you go and you go and get them. And then you make your team better for day one and the next two, three, four years. Right. One of the worst things, and sorry to go back to economics, hashtag nerd. Um, it's the idea you of something costs. It, yeah, I know. It's sorry. But th this idea that, well, I've already spent this or whatever. No, you've got to get your emotional involvement. Oh, man, but I like this guy and he burned me last year. I'm waiting for him to pan out. No, that's ridiculous. Maximize value is how you win. Buy low, sell high. Don't get attached to players, which I have a hard time with with my Niner fans. Um, but th that's just what you got to do. Um, delete the history and move on. Yeah, but right now we're not even in the preseason yet. So how I mean, personally, I'm thinking I'm strictly going to go by where I drafted a guy until things start changing. Like already things have changed, obviously, for the Panthers. Things have changed for Alvin Kamara. You know, like their value has changed. Draft value has changed. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? I personally, I would wait. This is I'm just being, you know, a little different here. I, I would wait until things start to change for those players and team because they still have those values that they were drafted. There's a reason why they were taken before and not taken later in drafts. Does that make sense? It, it does if you're looking at it just player versus player. But whenever you're looking at roster construction and let's say you end your draft and you look at your team, and you're like, man, I don't have a third running back to start. Well, I've got five wide receivers that I love. Well, I've got to reconcile those differences. Do I want to be stubborn and stay with this guy because I had him ranked two spots ahead of this running back? Or is my team better with four stud starting running backs and four starting wide receivers? Um, so sometimes you got to kind of bite it on that. And I don't mind doing that because is your starting roster better before or afterwards? That's what I care about. Well, case, uh, case in point, I mean, you know, looking at my roster right now, you know, I talk about balance at both positions. You know, for starting three running backs, three wide receivers, and we have our three flex spots. But, you know, the running backs of Kamara, Cohen, Cook, and Williams would paired up with Landry, Juju, Funches, and Cup. You know, those eight guys right there, or I know that are, that are those are eight guys that are going to give me value from day one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. All right, so let's go to this draft. Um, so we kind of started the draft already. Um, I had the first pick. Uh, but the rookie mock draft, and I obviously took Barkley. And this is this. Sorry, I should have said this earlier. Uh, this is just half point PPR, just kind of middle ground. Um, you can adjust whoever you want, but who would you take in this number? So sorry about that. Didn't mean jump. No up. worries. Um, so I have Barkley. I took Barkley. Obviously, he's the number one rookie you should own. No questions asked. Yeah, every format. Yep. Go ahead, Steve. I'm, I'm taking Ronald Jones. Um, I really like really like where he fell, and I really like what he can uh, what he can bring to Tampa Bay because he's just now with his all around capabilities. I like what he has there. 
Yeah, I, I he's my number two running back as well. Number three, I'm going Darius Geis. He fell down draft boards, and I hate that he's just going to be a first and second down runner. I usually don't like those guys too much. But I love his film. I love the system that he's fitting into, and um, I, I just think it'll work out really, really well. I'm one of those guys that I just don't believe in the Washington Redskins running back scheme. Like they are always every year a fucking mess. Convince me. <laughs> so, so there's there's two things. So Jake Rudin is a hell of an offensive coordinator. I'll give it to him. Um, the thing that he believes in is he wants one guy for first and second down, and he wants one guy for third downs only, and he hates breaking from that. And so if you look at last year, Chris Thompson killed it. He was a top eight running back before he got hurt um, just in that third down role because he got every single damn third down that there was the entire season. And he was fine with Rob Kelly till he got hurt. And then he just ran with Samaj P. Ryan um, until he got hurt and then back and forth. So whoever is there, they're going to get volume, but it is it's divided. Um but you could be fantasy relevant in the NFL now just because every single situation is running back by committee. I think there might be five or six different spots that aren't. But outside of that, I mean, the thing with Geis at pick three, draft pedigree went in the second round. Um, he's been dominant in the SEC for several years, and it's a very high floor, low risk play. I know this guy can start for my team. And he's going to produce. Is he going to be a top five running back in the NFL? Or is fantasy concerned? No, he never will be. Because he's not getting 330 plus touches like some other guys will. But he's a guaranteed RB2. He's going to finish in the top 36 uh, for running backs in fantasy. Guaranteed. Okay. Um, so I went ahead to carry on because I love him. And if anyone's going to get work day one besides Barkley, I think it's going to be carry on. Yeah. Him and Geis are they're basically very similar situations and interchangeable for me. Yeah, I agree with that. At number five, I'm taking Calvin Ridley. Um, I just like where he landed. Uh, I think that you know Julio is going to be Julio, but Ridley was the most polished wide receiver in this draft, and being opposite of Julio is going to be a good way for him to get his feet wet in the NFL. Matt Ryan just got that deal. You know, he's a guy that, you know, even at he, – he's a little bit older for rookie wide receiver, but you can get a few years out of him and, and move him while his value is high before you really start to get any return on investment in a player like Cortland Sutton. Yeah, well said. Well said. Number six, I am going with Freeman. Royce Freeman, which is a little bit of a stretch, but the reason why I got him going here ahead of a lot of other people is, one – um, I'm not the biggest believer in his talent, but his situation he fell into is impeccable. And I think he is one of those guys that could be a three down back just because of situation and his body type. Uh, so I'm going Freeman here. This is swing for the fences pick. Yeah. So I was between Sonny and Penny. I don't believe in the Patriots as far as his running game goes. I know they drafted him in the first round and they just announced that they see Penny as a three down back. I think Penny might be a steal at the, on the seventh pick if he does become the true third, uh, you know, whatever I just said. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> Three down you know, back. You know what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah you, so I went with Penny. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I'm going Christian Kirk at number eight. Uh, I, I really like what what he brings to the table. I think he's going to be a very good slot receiver from day one. Um, but I also like where he fell in Arizona and, and being paired up with uh, the most NFL-ready quarterback and Josh Rosen right now. Uh, you know, as we talked about before, Bradford's knees probably will not hold up, so Rosen will be th thrusted into the lineup. So I like what uh, Christian Kirk could potentially do from day one. I like it. I also like it when you use the word thrusted. Yes, At you number do. nine, I am going with – I do, man. I do. <laughs> I, I'm going with Sony Michelle, uh, the, the uh, first-round pick to the Patriots. I am so scared of any Patriots' own running back, but the value is there. The draft capital is there. The talent is there. Uh, number nine, if he falls that far, I'd be so happy to get him. Yeah, with the next pick, I went with uh, Calvin Ridley. I feel like uh, they just obviously... He's already gone. What the fuck? 
When did he? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh man, all right. Where were you? He went number five overall uh, to where were you? almost like we had a list where we typed in the names. Man, if we would have thought. I know. That. All right, so I'm gonna go with seven. <laughs> <laughs> I th- oh god! I don't know why hilarious. I was thinking about someone else. I- I'm going with more. Fuck you guys. He's going to the Panthers. <laughs> Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Oh man, this is this is a tough one, uh, but it's a little bit of a reach. But I like the guy, and I like Naheem Hines, as we've been talking about, and I think he's going to potentially be the guy to be in uh, to be in Indianapolis. I mean, he's a small guy, but what I like about him way more than Marlon Mack is that. He's, he's shifty. He will run between the tackles. He can run between the tackles, and he's not afraid to pass block. He will chip all day long, and that's why I think he's going to end up winning that job. Yeah, he graded out as the best pass-protecting running back in this draft, according to PFF. And if you want to keep Luck healthy, why not keep that guy in there? Great pick there. Number 12, I'm going Anthony Miller, and this is a little bit of a reach, but I love this kid's talent talent he's a little bit older and i'm really excited to see what he can do in this nagy offense so uh with number 12 i'm going anthony miller oh yeah so i'm going with number 13 <laughs> going with chubb obviously hyde is there duke johnson is there um but this is dynasty next year i don't believe hyde can stay healthy i don't think he's going to be a starter duke johnson is on a contract year i'm going with chubb and he's going to win that job eventually that's an awesome pick at 13. Yeah, it is. Like the, that's the thing. In rookie dynasty drafts, I think that you can get anywhere from like 6 to 17. It's a very similar talent. Um, so manipulate that draft and move around. Great pick there. So at 14, and it's hard for me to pass up on Sutton, and I'm sure John's probably going to love this, but I'm taking Michael Gallup just because – I don't know. There's really nobody in Dallas. I mean, yeah, Alan Hearns is there. They brought in Deontay Thompson. There's really nobody there, and they are building a young core for the future, and Gallup's going to be a big part of it, so I like him there at 14. Yeah, I I have Gallup over Sutton as well, which um, Sutton was my number one wide receiver going into the draft just based on talent and film, but opportunity is key in fantasy. And there is no way in hell Gallup is not getting on the field for the Cowboys. Uh, at number 15, though, I'm taking Sutton. And this is just saying very similar to what uh, Armando said with Chubb. Is this is a year out. Both uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are going to be cut next year. It's just going to happen. Uh, if they cut both of them, then the Broncos will save $26 million on their cap next year. And they drafted both their replacements this year in Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. So I'm going Sutton at 15, and I'm just going to sit him for a year. Um, and similar to the NFL draft, the first quarterback off the board is Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker! Tyrod Taylor's just uh, a bridge, and Baker Mayfield's awesome. So I think he is bust-proof, so I'm taking Baker. I like it, especially because at 17, I'm taking Josh Rosen because Sam Bradford is a broken bridge, and <laughs> Rosen will get on the field a lot quicker, and – you know, something that I'm kind of a fan on, even though it it can hurt you a lot at times, is uh, stacking them up with Christian Kirk for my future. So I like Rosen there at 17. And I'm going quarterback as well. I got Lamar Jackson at 18. He is my QB1 for Dynasty just because the amount of rushing potential that this kid can bring to the table uh, him and Baker, I think, are leaps and bound above everybody else. But if you need somebody to play soon, that's got to be Josh Rosen. But as far as like mo- highest ceiling, Lamar Jackson, number 18. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take another tight end. I'm going to take the first tight end off the board. I know you do not believe in him, John, but he was the first tight end taken in the draft. And they have no weapons over there in Baltimore. So I'm going to go ahead and take Hayden Hurst. I know it's a bit of a reach. You probably shouldn't be drafting this format, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I believe in him. You do that. You like do it. that. You believe you do, in him. You do you. You love it. I believe in him. <laughs> Fuck you. <So. laughs> I, I feel bad. Like I, I feel like it was just like I talked trash on your girlfriend or on a girl and I didn't know y'all were dating. And then like after oh, I'm like, man, she's terrible. Then you're like, oh, this is my girlfriend. And I'm like, no, 
she's actually really pretty. <laughs> yeah yeah she's got great personality so yeah <laughs> at 20 i'm taking equanimous st brown a i love his name and b um just with the change over there wide receiver Devonte adams is the guy i'm not expecting anything out of randall cobb and i'm really curious to see what this athletic young man can do playing opposite of Devonte adams so let me ask you this, because they drafted three wide receivers that are all over 6'4", and Equinemius St. Brown went third out of those. So why do you think that, I mean, obviously he's an athletic freak, but why do you think he's going to win the job, even though they picked Scantling and Jamon Moore ahead of him? If St. Brown can manage to put together um, – polish up his route running skills, I think he's going to be the better guy. I think he's the one that is the quickest out of them. He's big. He has great hands. He 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 uses his hands. That's the biggest thing that I like about any wide receiver is a guy that plucks the ball out of the air and does not use his body. So the fact that he has that those raw capabilities, you know, kind of like, uh, and this is kind of a bad example because the guy busted, but Dorio uh, Green Beckham or Beckham Green, whatever the hell his last name was, but just raw talent that had great hands, and he ended up being a turd. But St. Brown, I think, can be that guy to, to win that job out of those three. Yeah, well said, man. And I'll say this, we're only going to pick 24 here, but fourth and fifth round targets, man, get all of those Green Bay wide receivers because yep. somebody's going to win that job and whoever does it is a huge home run swing so um get whoever you can there uh great pick uh 21 i'm going Dion kane wide receiver landed with the colts man they are pretty devoid at ta- talent at wide receiver and if this is a huge if andrew luck comes back you could get the number two wide receiver on an indianapolis offense here uh i i love Dion kane i got him in our draft as well and i was very very happy um, for 22, I'm going to take Mark Walton. Jeremy Hill's out the window. Joe Mixon, you know, he was kind of a mixed bags last year. He started off pretty slow. He sped up towards the end of the season. Um, and Giovanni Bernard is a broken, he's a broken man. So, um, <laughs> I think, Mar- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and swing for the fences. If, you know, Joe Mixon can't carry the load, Mark Walton, if not this year, maybe even next year, um, he could be a starter. Could. Yeah. This is a guy that I'm actually kind of surprised that fell here. And I was just double checking our list to make sure that he was not there. And that's Anthony Miller. Oh, I got Anthony Miller. I already took him. I took him at 12. I did. Mm-hmm. It's where it says uh, Miller. You dirty, dirty, <laughs> dirty bastard. If only but we had a list that, that tells us what. Uh, there we go. God, I must. But not. having said that, like this is a legit landing spot for Anthony Miller, anywhere from twelve to twenty-three. So he's hey, a guy it's, that could it's, fall. It's still and my. Does, it's still my can. pick. It's still my pick, and this just literally shows that our our great public school systems that I can't read apparently. So uh, I'll tell you what. So, Here, here's so the guy I that double I'm, check. I, I like I like we got Kalen Balaj. Uh, that's exactly Dante who Pettis. I just took it typed in there was Kalen Balaj. I really like Balaj. I don't know why Miami just doesn't want to let Kenny Drake be the guy. So they're eventually they're obviously going to involve him being that they drafted him. So I like him there at 23. Very good. Um I last pick I'm going with Dante Pettis. One, I'm a Niners guy, and if you are in a league that gives any points for punt returnage, punt return yards, shoot this guy up your things. He is the all-time NCAA record holder for touchdowns, uh, punt return touchdowns with nine. And again, one of those guys that a team traded up to get uh, in the second round, and you're talking a Kyle Shanahan offense that loves to throw the ball. Um, this is a a guy that will play, he won't pay off a lot initially because they have depth at wide receiver, but a year or two ahead, this guy could be uh, elite whenever it comes to fantasy. So Dante Pettis. Uh, real quick. Does he have a huge penis? Um, he, uh, Vaney Ballsack, uh, I believe, but Vaney is spelled wrong on our notes. I don't think that's how you spell Vaney. There's a chance he has a again penis, so. public school system. Apologies. Talking about your Pettis's penis, which is an awesome fantasy team name. Oh my gosh! There we go. It kind of like it's like alliteration. You know how many? You I know how it. many teams are just gonna 
come up with that name now. It's going to be all over the place. When Pettis you look up penis. the 2018 top 10 fantasy team names, Pettis' penis is going to be one you of them. You heard it here first. <laughs> Number two is going to be my homie. <laughs> oh, God. Where did the show um, go that's... wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I think it went wrong when I uh, stopped paying attention. Um, so that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Eat Sleep Fantasy. John, next episode, can you just give us the exact length of his junk? Yeah, you want a metric or do you want to go by inches? Inches. <sighs> oh, but maybe maybe feet. It, it just all depends. <laughs> Americans can't handle Him, the metric system, man. <laughs> There we go. That's right, man. Can't do it. Anyway, this is awesome, man. Lots of fun, guys. Good night, everyone. <laughs>